When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Richie. Maybe on Walker. Pugh. Pugh! That'll do it! That will do it! Pugh for Bournemouth! The roof of the Gold Sands is raised! Everyone here knows what that could mean to this football club. Hello and welcome to episode number 156 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and it's another double bill this week. First and foremost, we need to talk about that goalless draw with the Blades at Bramall Lane. It's fair to say that Mark Travers was the man of the moment as his saves kept AFC Bournemouth in the game against Sheffield United. But after that, myself and Tom will talk about the nil-nil against Borough. Two nil-nils in a row. It was a good Friday encounter, but the game was, was anything but good. And after the match, social media, well, it was the home to some forthright, frank and fickle opinions how many of those were valid? And are we entitled? Myself and Tom, we chew the fat to talk about the Good Friday game. But first, we're going to wind back to last weekend, where, sadly, it was a nil-nil at Bramall Lane. But at the end of it, it was a point that we were lucky to get out with. Final score outside Bramall Lane then is Sheffield United nil, Bournemouth nil, and a lot of Bournemouth fans are singing Super Mark Travers in goal, and we had him to thank, didn't we? Yeah, big time. Mark Travers, two massive saves. Referee, it was a penalty, so we got away with that, and then they missed a sitter at the end. So we definitely rode our luck today, but we've come away at Sheffield, got a point, and we're, we're slugging our way over the line, mate. So I think it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, I thought second half we come out, we were a bit better, but we didn't test their keeper enough, did we? 
But um, it's a good point for us, mate. Much better than it is for them if they want all mags. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we're getting a little bit closer. I sense that there's actually not as much disappointment as I thought there would be after that point. I think, I think because of the, you know, we, we worked hard. You can't, you can't uh, fault the character of the work around the team. But um, she- Sheffield, Sheffield were better. Sheffield yeah. were better, and they looked like a team that could nick it. So we've got to take a point and run, mate. And just every little point on the road now is going to help us. So we're well clear, we're in a good position. So just take a point, and uh, we've got. To, we can't not be happy. They should have a penalty. Our keeper makes a world class save. So we we got to be happy with a point. We've got any standout performers today? Up the point for the Obviously, obviously Trav. Obviously Trav's. Uh, before Lewis Cook was good as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't think Dembele was too bad. I was a bit disappointed he came off. I would have taken Billing off personally, but I would say Lewis Cook on pitch. And I'd go uh, Trav, but Trav's about the match, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Simple as. Yeah. Love it. Mate, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Dan. Oh, oh, come on. Super Mark Trav is in goal. Mate, love the fact that he's got a proper song now. About time. How are you, mate? All right? Good point? Yeah, I'm happy with that. It's yeah. good to be lose, and we've got a point. It's the main thing that happens, really. Yeah. Happy with that. All we can look forward towards now is. Well, I think they're even playing next. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Middlesbrough That's on the it. Good Friday. We should beat him. We should beat him. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, well, I'm happy with a point, as I say, a point's better than none, and I'd rather go home knowing we've got gained something out of today as an extra point towards promotion, so. Who was your, who was your standout player today, Lewis if Cook. you could pick one? Lewis Cook. I mean, not Travers, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, Lewis Cook as well. Yeah, nice amazing. one. Cheers, yeah. Cheers. Other cherries, hello, mate. How are you, all right? No, uh, no. I mean, beforehand, I would have wanted to win, but based on how that went, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I, I take a point, to be fair. You've got to take it. Um, it's just, I guess, one step closer now. Obviously, you hope Forest slip up as well. So, yeah, we've just got to take that, I think. It's all right. yeah. Love the fact that... <laughs> yeah. Love this song that's been going on. And also, Mark Travers, I mean, what a save that was just before half-time. Yeah, he made, he made two. He made, obviously, the one just before half-time, and he made one where they went through as well. Yeah, yeah. That he saved us today. I'd give him a man the match, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. But, yeah. How are you feeling about the season as a whole now? Because, obviously... Uh, we are sort of looking at Nottingham Forest more than any other sides because they could catch us up. They've got to come to us as well. You still think we could do it? We're, I think we'll have enough. Um, but yeah, they are the team that I do worry a little bit about because we've got no games in hand over them. But we have got a, a cushion. We have got like a decent cushion now that we, we should be okay. You know, if you win the home games, we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Nice one. Are we going to get Kev on? Are we yeah, going to get Kev? Come on, yeah. mate. Oh, hey, buddy. All right. Uh, nice to see you. Famous, mate. Absolutely yeah. love it. Like Cockney and Chart now. How are you, buddy? Um, Neil, Neil, what do you think of that performance? I don't know. It could have been a bit better from my perspective. Yeah. Spilling doesn't work hard enough going attacking. Defensively, he's all right. Just needs to work. Work ethic, attacking. What do you think should have been done? Would we, you know, maybe bring Camwell on? Yeah. It's about the 70th minute he should have come on. He's warming up. Billing, ready on a yellow. I could see him getting sent off. Not worth risking. Kelly again. Slightly worrying in. that uh, Jordan Zamora came off injured. Looks like he limped off and Robbie Brady came on. Obviously, he'd like to have sort of Leif Davis around, but he wasn't there. Um, that's quite a concern. Yeah, it is. Zamora, glad that Brady's back, to be honest. Didn't really see enough of him to judge him down at the left-back position, but hopefully Zamora's back fit, ready for the next game. Still feeling confident after that performance? It's better than West Brom performance, wasn't it? Much better, consistently. I just hope we play better in the next game against Middlesbrough. Attacking me. Nice one. Nice one, mate. Cheers, mate. Other cheers. Steve? Stevie, we'll get Stevie in. Steve, Steve Ensman's coming in. Oh, I'm not sure he wants to after that performance, but we'll see. Sorry. Um, 
how do you feel about that? Because we all, we all wanted three points, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm a point's right okay. It. Yeah, I'm all right with that, actually. After it, Wednesday night, um, they're a decent side. They had, um, I mean, on the on the run of the play, they had the, the more clear-cut chances. And I think everyone can see, you know, Mark Chavez kept us in that game, really. We didn't really create any real clear-cut chances. I don't remember. I mean, Christian Solanke blazed over the... Or was it Lloyd? I don't know. Someone blazed Lloyd over the Lloyd Kelly in the corner, in the think, way. Um, which he managed to do in the first half, but his own bar, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think apart from Christian, he had a couple of shots first half and they, they weren't anything that really tested Fodringham. We didn't really create a lot. We battled hard and we, made, we created some you know, good moments, but we never found that perfect moment, did we? Anyway... Where's Martin? I said before, I'll take a point and we've we come away... A difficult away day with the point so happy with that we'll, we'll need some rotation coming up yeah. uh, it looks like Jordan Zamora might be one that by forced his, yeah. his hand is his, his being forced Scott Parker with that change at the end mm. it looked like he pinged something he, he came off the pitch yeah sort of turned on the ball didn't he and mm. tried to see it out and then he just instantly went down didn't look good those innocuous ones I think like you said they're always the more serious ones so let's hope it's not too bad but we have got good cover in there when Robbie Brady came on um and obviously we've got Leith Davis somewhere knocking about. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got, we got cover there. Are you feeling better about the 0-0 because of this penalty claim that at the time wasn't sure, but bloody hell, looks like Tan- uh, Jacob Tanswell yeah. and a few others are saying I've it probably was. I've heard it was a bit of a stonewall one, so... Thank God for no VAR of the Championship, right? <laughs> yeah, it helps us out, hasn't it? But, yeah, I mean, that and the two Mark Travers wonder saves, I think that's why I'm happy with the point. I think we've, we've done them out of three, really. It's my way of looking at it. Um, so happy days. Happy days. Nice Add one. to the tally and we'll Add get up. To the tally. Yeah. Nice one. He's on. Kieran. Kieran. Hello, mate. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, nice to see you. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, mate. Um, <laughs> thoughts after that, mate? Oh, it's, it's not bad result, well, is it? It's not too bad. Travers. Wow. We got we a lot, didn't we? What a couple of saves from him. Yeah. Amazing. A lot of people are saying the same thing about how that performance was. Uh, mainly sort of like smiles which is yeah, which yeah. is a positive certainly after Wednesday oh, yeah, I mean exactly. I don't know how many shots we registered on target today probably wasn't as many no. however the performance in general seemed to be a bit better a bit more gritty whereas mm. you know we seem to also be sort of defensively a little bit better than what yeah. we were say yeah. in the first 12 minutes ago yeah great result really I mean we're probably, probably lucky to get a draw I think for the chance they had and the penalty, apparently they should have had a penalty but I didn't yeah. say it but yeah, really good, really, yeah. Referee, um, so explain his performance because it felt like we were getting away with a few decisions and I don't know whether that was the case or not. Obviously, when you've got the home fans on your back and it sounds loud every time they're protesting against yeah. a decision, but it seemed to happen so often. Uh, do, you, I mean, do you think the ref had a good game? I expect they'll be saying no, but what do you think? It's hard to see from where we were because we had the crossbar right in our view, so it's hard to see, but judging by their fans, probably had a sink, really, but I don't know. Don't matter, really, does it? How do you feel about the season as a whole then after that point? Do you think that stands us in good stead? Maybe um, you know a bit of confidence uh, creeping back into the side? Yeah, I think we should be able to go up, I think. I think we do it second, I think. Um, what was it, seven more games? Yeah, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> he said it. Nice yeah, one, Kieran. Right. Cool, Thanks for coming on. Mate. Cheers, mate. Kirk, Kirk Tovey's here. Let's get him on. Go on. Right, prepare. You know, compose yourself. Sheffield United nil, Mark Travers nil. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and we have got to thank... Um, few people have been sort of always creeping into smiles whereas I sense the bit of frustration maybe anger on your face or not maybe because I didn't go to West Brom maybe maybe that helped great point 
all things considered, because yeah. I said today, a point today, we go into those Easter games with better fixtures than Forest, because I think Forest are the team to watch. They're going to have to play Luton West Brom. We've got Borough Coventry. Still think Sheffield United were there to be had today. Um, and when Mark Travers keeps you in the game, I just don't understand. I didn't understand at the start why we didn't put, make more changes. The one change was not enough. I think there's certain players, three games in eight days, look tired. I have no idea, and I'd love anyone to tell me why Phil Billing never gets substituted. Great player, got a lot of time for him nowadays, great numbers. If you're not going to play Todd Campbell, why did you sign him? Because when a game's open like that, there's a player in Todd Campbell that can make that final pass in the, in the, in the uh, final third. Two games now without scoring, and I still don't really think of a good chance apart from the one at the end that Lloyd Kelly put past the uh, bar so um, I'm just a bit frustrated that uh, we ain't getting certain players into the game when it's like that but it's a good point Is that who you're looking to ideally be on the team sheet where we play with as well on Friday? Yeah but I don't expect it anymore I, I don't get it I think if you're going to play Billing because I get why you play Billing you've got to try and get Cantwell in and that's on the left Scott Parker prefers a natural wide player but when you've got that opportunity to make changes it's not like his excuse could be, well, we won three in a row. We just lost to West Brom poor, not even striking a goal on top. Today was perfect to go, do you know what, Bill? going to give you a rest, going to play Cantwell. And I've had comments today from people saying, well, Cantwell didn't do anything against West Brom. Cantwell came on when we were 2-0 down with West Brom behind the ball. Yeah. Bring Cantwell on when you're against a team when the match is open at 0-0. That's a fair point, actually, because I was, cri- I was very critical of Cantwell when he came on, but then he was trying to force it too much, and when you try to force it, you're going to lose the ball yeah, more. But you're going to want Cantwell in a game when it's open and there's, there's angles to play through. Bringing him on against West Brom when, it's, when, when they don't have to chase the game because they're winning 2-0, he's got to make a pass through 10 players. Yeah. It's a different game, and it's not a fair comment. He sat on the bench against Bristol City for 90 minutes, yeah. and then you're expecting something out of him for 20 minutes. I love Billing. This is not a conspiracy against Billing. You've just got a very good player on the bench that you clearly brought in. He's a game-changer, potentially. A game-changer that we might need just to get us over the line. We're not used, like, using him. Confused. But a good point, because I am going to come across probably a bit different to some fans um, but yeah so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday five days is that, enough, is that enough to be recycling the same team or do you think I mean obviously you said about Campwell do you think maybe others should be coming in maybe Gary Cahill for example or do you think that Phillips and Lloyd Kelly did enough to I thought the Lloyd Kelly had a better game today after he nearly put two in his own net. Yeah, agreed, off the um, bar, great shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Phillips was better today. The clear thing is for me with Scott Parker is he's going to continue to play the team that he wants to play. He's got that starting eleven. he's going to go with that. What I'm confused about is we seem to sign a lot of players that we we're going to utilise a squad for a busy period. So I'm confused why we signed so many players and got 26 on the book, but we barely use them and make one change when we've got three games in, three games in eight days. It's like the Championship 2014-15 using the nucleus of the same 13-14. Exactly. And the last comment I probably want to make is I was very much Parker in, and you know this, I was very much behind the process. What I saw today, in my opinion, long term, is a manager that's good, but not great. Because great managers roll the dice and take a chance. He very much doesn't. He'll make changes when you're losing 2-0 to West Brom or the game's gone or the game's won. When you're looking for a manager to go, I'm going to flip the dice. And even if you lose it, and I know it would have been a big loss today, but you could have won it, three points would have been even bigger. So, look, I'm not trying to come across the wrong way. I think everything I'm saying is valid. Just come all this way and, 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 and I think they were there to be had.
in my intro for my vlog, I said, plenty of goals today. <laughs> that didn't happen. Cut. I went for goals as well. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. There you go then. Full time. Nil nil. All this way. Uh, two northern trips in the space of a few days. Two goals. And they all came for the opposition. There you go then, that was at the weekend, nil-nil, and with a Good Friday game ahead of us, we honestly thought that it could be the opportunity against a, a side that's contesting for promotion, the playoff spots. Maybe we could get a, a victory and put some space, put a cushion between us and the chasing pack, but it didn't really work out that way. It was nil-nil against Borough at Dean Court. And on the following day, myself and Tom, well, there were some frank opinions and honest exchanges where we debated whether we were entitled or rightfully exasperated. We were all full of excitement after seeing Luton turn over Nottingham mm. Forest at lunchtime. And then at Dean Court, the atmosphere was really good. The weather was beautiful. Everything just looked as though it was set up for the perfect day but it didn't it didn't start like that and it didn't end like that and watching the free-for-all fan cams at, at full time i said on, on the vlog there was despondency people felt jaded not so much anger anymore because i think the anger's dissipated a long time ago just yeah. real frustration and you look at it yes we're a point better off you look at the stats we're technically better off than how we started the day yeah, and nice. plus we got the bonus of playing one game less now. Yeah. But it still isn't good enough for the squad that we've got. And we can have this rinse and repeat conversation all the time, can't we? We can. And I want to get out of the way now about saying we're getting we're fortunate with the other teams in the division because I feel like I say it on every video, mate. Um, but yeah, I've seen a few comparisons on different things about us when we got promoted before. But it's absolutely load of rubbish. I mean, the amount of goals we scored that season and the the com competition in that league that time round. So the comparisons are we're on the exact, exact same, same number of points. What yeah. was it, 70 something? Yeah. yeah. Um, but we obviously finished on 90 that season, which we're never going to finish on 90. And uh, we scored 98 goals, which is never going to happen. I think we'd have to score nearly 40. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, that'll end. But it's when you look at the teams kind of that we were competing with, it was, you know, uh, complete contrast. But yeah, as you say, Matt, I just think we, we looked at the, the result earlier in the day. And if there was ever a time where we were going to let the shackles off a little bit, I thought it would be after seeing that. I mean, it's kind of, we've got like a, a risk-free game here now because they've dropped points, they lost. So worst case scenario, we go for it and get beat. We're no worse off yeah. because they lost. So we can really go for Borough, go try and win the game and virtually tie up promotion. And there was nothing in us that looked like we wanted to do that. It looked like a team that were very happy to just, just pick up a point and go from there, really. It was the same sort of patterns, same sort of um, you know play that we've been used to. And yeah, there's been a lot of, I mean, the the majority are, are on board with, with what we're saying, really. But there are a few that I can understand that are saying, you know, we're second in the league. We're probably going to get promoted. What are you moaning about? I think when you watch the football and you see the eye test and you go as much as we do, there's a reason why, why we're moaning. There's a reason why, I think Neil said it to us when we were chatting to him um, off air about West Brom, for example, didn't like Poulos and they were 10th for the Premier League. But there's a reason for it. There is a reason for it when you see it. And... Um, yeah, it's infuriating with the, with the squad we've got as well. I think if um, we're playing like this in the Premier League against Man City or one of the top sides, I'd kind of go, well, yeah, we're trying to t keep the door closed and be conservative. Not when we've got one of the best squads, if not the best squad in the division, and we're at home. Um, what was it? Averaged uh, shot on target every 72 minutes in the last three. Yeah. That's outrageous with the squad yeah. we've got. That is, 
that's disgusting. Um, and yeah, the, the players we've got, the way we set up, I just didn't really get it. We don't look to change much. It's just dull. It's just really dull. Um, and yeah, I feel like a broken record. It's hard to say when you look at the league table. It's, I feel, I feel weird because I think we're going to get promoted. Yeah. I, I do think yeah. we're going to get promoted. Uh, but yeah, I can't get excited, mate. I can't. I can't lie to to everyone. I'm just giving my my opinions on what I'm seeing and just not enjoying it. One thing that was quite interesting on my personal Twitter, and I think you were tagged in this as well, Tom. Mm. There was, um, I think, a Fulham fan called SW6. His name's Steve. And he said, a question for you and Sam. From a Fulham season ticket holder who was at Derby last night, name me a championship season where two poorer sides than Fulham and Bournemouth got automatic promotion. He said he can't think of one. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably Arsenal in his own club, but having said that... Well, I think that as well, because I think we have been poor. Yeah. I suppose you're always going to be more critical of, of your, your club. Team. And he's seen us, he's seen Fulham closely much more than you and I have, just like we have with Bournemouth. So, yeah, maybe he thinks they are. Maybe with Fulham, they're going, oh, we're lucky with Mitrovic, potentially, a bit like what we are with Solanke. Um, but I think the goals for column <laughs> um, probably makes you think, well, they ain't as conservative and dull as us, are they? Because they've scored a hell of a lot of goals. So, yeah, I think they've, I mean, it's virtually, it's impossible for us to score anywhere near what they have. So, yeah, but I can appreciate what you're saying. I, I still think that put them into that season where we won the league and Fulham will probably be about fifth, mate. Um so yeah, I, I can I can see what he's saying, and it's a it's a league where we're getting away with it. We are getting away with it massively. I mean, there's so many things we're getting away with, which I'm sure we'll go into. But um, one of them is is the the competition around us. Um, teams at the bottom, we deserve deserve credit because they they seem to be able to take points off yeah. teams like they have us. So probably it's a competitive league in general, but the teams at the top are just. I mean, it's just becoming so easy for us, mate. But then Forest dropped points. Obviously, they lost at Luton, two playoff contenders. Mm. We played Borough, their playoff contenders, played a Chris Wilder style. who has got a very mm. pragmatic style of football sometimes, you could say. And yeah. it certainly worked against us. Uh, I think that we probably were the creators of our own downfall for most of that game. Yeah, But... I'm trying to play yeah. devil's advocate somewhat. People are saying that uh, we're entitled and there's a good thread on the Vitals thread where Neil Dawson actually writes about being entitled, but we're in such a good position. Yeah. What do you think is the thing that you're, you're finding most not enjoyable this season? Is it the style of football? Is it, yeah. is it the way we go about games? Is it any uh, players that are, are constantly not doing it? Is it Parker's inability to make tactical changes rather than like-for-like like changes? What's the sort of one key thing that's really angering you this season? Yeah, I think, like you say, mate, if you look at it in black and white, a, a draw when we're in the position we are in to Middlesbrough is not that bad. It's not no. that bad. Um it's another nil-nil. It's another game where we didn't score and it would have been completely contrasted. You'd have seen happy Bournemouth fans if we'd gone at them. It was an exciting game. We'd drawn 2-2 two, two, and we'd have got the same amount of points. Um, I think it's the fact the players we've got, the calibre of players we've got. I saw people saying we should have, you know, with everyone fit, we've got two 11s that should compete in the Championship. I would argue we've maybe even got three. That's how good the squad is. It's unbelievable how good the squad is. Um, so, yeah, I think the calibre of players we've got the style that Parker Parker wants to play just doesn't connect. I don't understand it. You can't... Why are you playing a, a, the way that we're playing and the conservative, safe approach that we're playing when you've got Dom Solanke, Ryan Christie, Todd Campwell, Philip Billing? I don't get it. So it doesn't make sense to me. If we're if Luton, for example, having a very good season and a good to watch, 
if they were grafted every game, it was just horrible yeah. and nasty. I think we saw a similar one in the week, actually, completely different level, but in the Champions League. So City, Atletico, that game got a lot of headlines, yeah. didn't it? And yeah, it was. they probably went a little bit over the top, but I thought Atletico, well, they knew that City, if they went toe-to-toe with City, they'd get battered. Yeah. So I get it. I get they were trying to be a bit s housery and, and try and yeah. grind their way. Why are we trying to be like that and try and be all safe when we've got better players than the opposition? Bar maybe when we play Fulham. Every game we've got better opposi- we've got better players than the opposition. Is and- it a confidence thing? I mean, Scott Parker doesn't seem to be unconfident uh, or, or you know particularly worried as a player, but seemingly in his management career, Fulham mm. fans said the same thing. He's just got this natural tendency to be really conservative, and I just wonder why that is surely given the riches of players that we've got he must know how good we can be neil dawson on 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 twitter said that um sometimes you can't see the problem when you're so sort of closely involved in it and when mm. you're like in the bubble yeah. and ironically two of our better performances of the season came just after the time where he was Upstairs, yeah. yeah after he was sent off at preston he was at the very back of the stand against yeah, uh, the next side we played, and then at Huddersfield we were brilliant. At Bristol City we were much better as well. Yeah, it's 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 the setup as well. I think when you look at the the team selection, you look at the way we play, and you think, and everyone, every man's dog seems to know how all that could go like that, and it always does. And I think, how can I manage it? For example, we will get onto the game. You've got a problem at left back. You move Smith there. All right, fair enough. And then you think, oh, that's going to be a problem. But, you know, we'll have a bit of width with Anthony or Dembele. He puts Campbell out there. You go, so that's two players that are just going to narrow the pitch. Both want to come in. So there's no width on that side. None at all. Well, you saw on, on social media, there was that uh, diagram of the average positions. Yeah, Tanzel. You know, they were both really narrow. And that's exacerbated by the fact that as Adam Smith hasn't got a left foot, well, he has got a left foot, but he'll naturally cut back onto his right. He's not that player who will naturally no. bomb on and, and be wide. So many times he got the ball, then he cut back in on his right foot. Yeah, so you think the last time that Parker's going to play Campbell off the left for the first time he's done that, mm. is going to be when Smith's behind him. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, so that doesn't mean he's got much freedom. But also no the fact that, look, we can all say this in hindsight, and we could have snatched a 1-0 and we'd all be probably feeling a little bit different. But the fact that he then... On that right-hand side, it was a different pairing again. Yeah, yeah, you, you're making so many changes, but it could have just been a one. Just the one back. change. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, play devil's advocate a little bit. Maybe it's just fr- it is just freshening it up with the, the amount of games. We've said that before, haven't we? And you know, obviously, Samura got that injury, so maybe, we don't know, maybe Anthony and Dembele or, or one of them are maybe a little bit, he's thinking, oh, they could be prone to, you know, play a lot of football, whatever. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, it just didn't make sense to me. I think I, I said to you off air that, that if you look at that team, that 11 that started, how many of them want to run in behind? They all want the ball to feet. They all want the ball to feet. Billing occasionally, but he's been off it at the moment. They all want to come and get the ball. Dom's always told to come get the ball. Christy wants to come get the ball. Campbell. So the game's just narrowing in. And that's and a very stagnant style of football when you always is. want ball to feet and you don't necessarily want it played in front of you whilst you're on the move. Because that's what I found yesterday. There were so many times I just wanted the ball to be moved a lot quicker than what it was and it wasn't and it's always defeat and we're just taking a few too many touches on the ball and that yeah. gives the opposition a chance to reset and we're constantly playing in front of them yeah we are we are we are like you say it's so easy to defend against I thought Sol Bamba looked like Maldini yesterday I mean he had the easiest game of his life I don't know how old he is now but um, made it so easy everything like you say everything's in front of them and there's no threat in behind no threat in behind at all um, and yeah it's just it's, it's, it's how predictable it is. I think if I think it's predictable, the opposition and Chris Wilder, I mean, it must be easy. I'm actually a little bit surprised that they didn't go for it more and try and win the game because I think if they had gone for it a little bit more, they, they maybe could have. 
but yeah, it's it's the like for like stuff. It's you know how we're gonna play, and it's just it's just really it's confusing. I think because as I say, mate, the we're gonna get promoted in my opinion. We I mean it'd be absolutely. I mean, imagine if we don't. We should get promoted. So you know you you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. And I appreciate fans that are kind of saying to me, you know, look, we're gonna get up and then we'll go from there. I go fair enough. And um, I will definitely, if we get up, go, well done, Scott, you've done the remit. Because, you know what I mean? You can't just criticise yeah. the guy. It's just, it's just quite strange with, with the players we've got at our disposal, like we said, uh, the way we're setting up. And it just worries me for the future a little bit. It really does. And I think that it doesn't help when it's exactly how the Fulham fans told us it would go. That doesn't help because you think, oh, is it going to change really? Um, it seems to be that Parker's main philosophy, his take-home message, or what he says in the changing room, is to not lose the ball. Yeah. And that, I think, perhaps, when when you're in a situation like maybe Adam Smith on the left-hand side or Ethan Laird and there's a chance to go forward, you're not necessarily taking that risk and you're always playing the safe route just to yeah. you know, retain possession. But we're not taking risks. And that's the one thing we saw in the Bristol City game, in the Huddersfield game, where players were moving forward. It was fluid. It was... It was really good to watch. There was lots of momentum. There was not any of this stop-start stuff. Yeah. And we just went for it. And if we did lose the ball, it doesn't matter because at least we're giving it a go. Yeah. I was I was just trying to I'm just get off now because I just want to remember the game so I don't get it wrong. Just with what you were saying about the um, the risk. That that's we keep saying the word safe and we're not taking risks. And that that is it. Um, to be honest with you, I'm just trying to remember the game where Ryan Christ. I believe it was a draw at home. So I'm just trying to remember which one it was. Yeah. Um, was it Peterborough? Yes, it was Peterborough. So we were 1-0 down, weren't we, at half-time. We scored quite quickly in the second half, drew one all. Ryan yeah, Christie yeah. kind of toe-poke in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was the one time of the game, I think I probably said it on one of the fan cams or the vlog or something, it was, a, it was an awful game. We were 1-0 down to Peterborough. We'd created nothing. And Christie had the ball and took it on himself and just went, you know what, I'm just going to drive oh, in and yeah, have a go. Yeah. And we scored. And it was the only time <laughs> in the game we took a risk. Mm. And I, I, when you've got the quality that we've got, and the players, the expression they've got, you know, your likes of Ryan Christie, your likes of why are they being stifled so much? Um, and the one player that I think is, is one of them players that probably because he hasn't been moulded into the Parker way of playing yet, mm. and he's just going to take a few risks and run at people, is Suriki Dembele. Yeah. And we saw that when he come on and, and got the late goal. I was at Bristol City when he come on and scored, and he obviously scored at Blackpool. And he comes on an 88. Well, yeah, not exactly loads of time. And there weren't many stoppages. There was only ever going to be three or four minutes yeah. of injury time. Yeah, and, and as, as I'm sure we'll go on to, mate, you mentioned it briefly earlier about the kind of the same tactic. We never really change anything. And you see Jamal Lowe coming on. He takes off Bill and you think, fair play. We're going two up top. Well, you, that's, you know what? I wasn't even looking at Solanke, actually. And you spot this, and this is probably my tactical naivety, but my eyes were just on Jamal. And I was like, oh my God, he's joining Dom up front. Mm. And then as the minutes go on, you sort of see Dom... Playing the billing role. Why? It just, it just it, Because everything, whether it's right or wrong, and I'm not, you know, this is his philosophy and that he's the manager of the football club. But because his mindset, to me, in my opinion, is when he brings low on is, we can't lose though. And he's worrying about, yeah, but what will happen if I play two up front? in terms of how can they hurt us rather than how can we hurt them now? Mm. It's never how can we hurt them, it's how do we make sure they don't hurt us? And it was, I don't want to get over flooded in the middle. Dom, you've got to go and play in the billing role now. It's still slightly more attacking because Dom's in there, but he's thinking, I've got to move Dom. He can't play two up. I, I don't think he's ever played two up. 
Um, you look at it black and white and think, oh, he's got two up top, Lowe and Solanke. But if you're watching the game, it really isn't. It really isn't Dom and Solanke. Uh, Dom and Solanke? Yeah. Definitely isn't <laughs> yeah. Dom and Solanke. Sometimes I wish we had Dom yeah. and Solanke on the pitch. But he's, yeah, he's just instantly 20, 30 yards deeper. Do, do you feel as though if Forrest had got a result at lunchtime or Middlesbrough had taken the lead, we'd have seen a different AFC ball have come out and um, try to... Interesting if, if Forrest had got a result, that would have been interesting. Um, and that, that I'm not so sure, but if Borough had got the lead, then we would have had no choice mm. because we would have had to score. So, so it's almost like when we're, like I said before, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And when you're, when you're establishing a, a one-point uh, increase yeah. on your rivals, then... He's never going to change anything. That's good, isn't it? We saw it recently, I um, mentioned this a few times, at Preston, where we were 1-1. We thought we could go in the game, they hadn't won at home in months. And he bought Pearson on, didn't he, for, I think it was for Campbell or something. And we ended up losing. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But um, he was trying to get the point. We were trying to get the point. And it was another game where we thought, oh, we can go and win this. But as you say, mate, he's going into that game probably thinking, this will be a decent point now. Yeah. So he's he never going to want to chase it. And you almost, obviously you're not, but you'll know what I'm saying. You're almost thinking, if they nick one with half hour to go, we've got no choice to come out. We saw that against Bristol City, didn't we? They score a goal from a set piece. Yeah. Suddenly we, we take the shackles off somewhat. We go free one up. Then we go conservative again. We can see the late goal and it's three two. Um, yeah, it's it, Scott talks a lot about process, doesn't he? And what I will say is, you know, just to try and carry out that a little bit is I think the players are buying into Scott because they are they are trying to play the way he's asking them to play, which means they obviously believe in it. So Parker's obviously getting his message across um, because I probably, as I briefly said. The player that I think probably hasn't quite got to grips with it yet is, is Dembele and the way he wants him to play and he's not playing football matches because of it. Um, so yeah, they, they obviously are buying into it. So that's that's one positive. I guess that the players seem to... It's not like there's a big dressing room unrest or anything yeah. like that. But as supporters, I just don't really get it. And it'll, But if it gets us up, mate, and then, yeah. and then next season we suddenly see a bit of a change or... You know, when we develop a little bit and players that we sign, etc., etc., and we start being competitive in the Premier League and f- scrapping mm. to stay up, then we can look back on this and go, maybe it was just a maybe it was just a plan to get us out of division. One thing I I'm wondering, you know, with Eddie Howe, it was a very gung ho style of football, and when it failed, it 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 failed miserably, and sometimes we would get absolute. We take a tonk in every season. Yeah, that's right. It would, um, you know. Rarely we would lose just 1-0, it would be 3 or 4, because we would go for it, and that's what I really liked. And with Scott, it seems like he's trying to build a system, and it's almost like a machine, like a a sort of modular system, whereby he's got these players playing a particular way, and if one player is injured, he knows he can bring in someone else that fits the system. It's kind of modular, therefore he's got a certain job to do, and then he does it. But what that sort of means, it is... It is so robot-like. Yes, very much. And these shackles are most definitely on. And we saw that in a number of players yesterday. I mean, shortly we'll go through each player individually and give some kind of rating. I mean, Tom, I know you got a load of comments about um, Mm. each each player. But, you know, Todd Cantwell on the left, I think that he wasn't effective there at all. And I thought he might be, but that number 10 role is, is better for him. Adam Smith, not so great. Philip Billing. You know, we can go through a load of players that didn't uh, particularly perform, but maybe this is like a long-term vision for Scott to have this kind of you know system which fails the least over a long period of time. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. I think uh, rather than succeed, it's fail the least. And mm. uh, I, and don't get me wrong, if it's a long-term project, it's kind of okay. Yeah, you're, you're trying to get that into the players' early doors, 
totally uh, appreciate that. It takes the joy out of football. Though, but that means we've got this for a long time, which yeah. I'm not too excited about. Um, just don't get you off your seat, does it? I mean, it'll be the last three games, mate, and we, I, we haven't had a chance. We're, we've had a corner that Lerma at the bar from a header, which is just a header from a yeah. corner. We had that one um, was it Sheffield where Kelly kind of poked it. It just went over oh. from a corner. And then West Brom, we didn't have anything. So it's not enough to get excited about. I think... Um, as you say, it's definitely a web. It almost feels like he'd rather get a point if we do exactly the instructions that he's laid out rather than win the game by something that he didn't really want to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, someone running behind a ball in the box or whatever. Um, it feels like as long as we're doing his, his plan, so to speak. But I know you love a, you love a car analogy. analogy, don't you? Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in uh, a Weatherspoons analogy. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I like a Weatherspoons. This is a weird part. one, right? Right, so... Look, Weatherspoons turf out all this food that's standard run-of-the-mill and it certainly gets the job done, right? And if if there's a certain member of staff off work, your head chef or whatever, I don't know if they have uh, Weatherspoons, it doesn't matter because you've got a set of instructions. You bring in someone else, they carry out the instructions and they get the job done. You know exactly what you're going to get. The food's served and it's all right. Remit. But it's not like your fucking like cordon bleu chef that produces Michelin star food that when he's not there your food's going to be well probably not there at all it's going to be crap it's going to be horrible or you won't even get served and it just seems to be that we're like we're the weather spoons of the EFL at the moment it it sort of gets the job done but it's not going to have any it's not going to have any rave reviews yeah I like that and and like you say and then a lot of people say well you can't you can't complain about your weather spoons it's (laughs) got done exactly what it's supposed to do so it's, it's a really, as we keep saying, mate, it's a real, it's a real difficult one for me because, and for a lot of us, I think, because I feel awful feeling like this because we're second in the league. Yeah. I feel awful about it. But um, yeah, I just, I can't enjoy it. I can't. And I said on the fan cams, I'm literally just like, I, I always worry about the financial stability of Bournemouth because we've got a small stadium, we've got a small fan base, we're a small club. And with the money spent on this squad and the wages this squad must be on, We've got to get promoted. And if we get promoted, I'm kind of relax. And that's why I want to get promoted, because I feel like this, as long as no one messes up upstairs, we should be fine for a while. And then I couldn't care less what division we're in. That's just me as a fan. I just want to enjoy myself, because I'll be going to Bournemouth if we're in the conference. Don't bother me. Assuming we do get promoted, though, how are we going to be feeling in a year from now is probably exactly the same, if not worse, because we've been humiliated on a national and international scale. Oh, we'll see. Possibly week in, week out with the type of performances that we've got. And we've got, you know, two years of crap football, but we've got, I don't know how much money we'll get, over 100 million. Yeah. Um, is, are you just sort of content and satisfied? I'm not going to say you're excited because you're not, hmm. but just because of the money that's coming in and just the stability of the club. Because... Yeah. At the end of the day, we're fans of a club that uh, has been pretty much been hand-to-mouth through most of my lifetime, mm. and it's only recently, in the last uh, eight, nine years, mm. where we've not been that kind of club. Yeah, of course. And so for us to have the benefit of Premier League football and all that money, that that's the biggest bit of excitement. But uh, I must admit that the, the, the feeling of being excited about going to football, even this season, yeah. I thought the Championship was going to be brilliant. Um, first part of the season, it was... Because, but we were backing it up with wins and we were seeing these moments of flair, but now we're not even seeing any flair moments. It just seems to be this uh, spluttering machine week in, week out. And just yeah. to think, God, if we got that in the Premier League as well. The, these these could be two pretty painful years in terms of enjoying your football. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. I think as a Bournemouth fan, we've 
as you say, your lifetime, even uh, mile and minimum 30, but last decade, as you say, and it's, we've been in the mud. I mean, it, it frustrates me sometimes when you see, I don't know, whether it's Arsenal fans, whatever, saying how you know, they're in chaos when they're like sixth in the Premier League. We've been in the mud. We've, we've been nearly out of existence. And that's why now I feel, you know, people bring out yeah. this entitled word. I'm like, well, should I be penalised? But, but then, but the assets that we've got... Yeah, but the, the, the problem is, but we've seen that. We've been in the mud. We've won the lottery, so to speak. We won the lottery, won with the investor mm. and also with Eddie Howe. We, we won the lottery metaphorically and rose up through the leagues. So when you're saying about the financial stability, so I'm always going to have in the back of my head that fear. We don't want to go back to that place. Mm. We win the gardens. We don't. I mean, we never should, but don't want to go back near that place mm. again. So that's why, um, to, to Scott's defence, the the remit has to be just get promoted at any means mm. possible. So that's why it feels bad me being negative about what we're seeing because we've got to get up. We've got to get up. But once we get up, the financial stability and like I say, as long as no one messes it up and we should be good, then I'm a football fan that wants to enjoy watching Bournemouth. Whoever's on the pitch, I couldn't care less. What league we're in, as long as we're stable as a football club, which I think we will be as soon as we get promoted, then I just want to see enjoyment. So if we get promoted and we're stinking the place out, mm. I'll, I'll be a lot more negative than I am now because it, it wouldn't bother me then. We've got what, what we needed to get. Yeah. Scott Parker got the remit done now. I hate but, that word. No, no, so. <laughs> but um, yeah, because we'll all be there. Was, you know, we're all there in, in you know, League 1, League 2. We're all there. I didn't, I didn't want Jimmy Quinn to leave because we weren't going for the title and we weren't smashing teams. I wanted Jimmy Quinn out because it was absolutely rank to watch. <laughs> That's why I, I didn't care. I couldn't care less that we weren't top of the league. We're Bournemouth. We had no cash. And we were playing 15-year-olds on the bench that just sat their GCSEs or whatever. But the football was an absolute disgrace. So that's why he left. But, you know, but Scott Parker... At times, the football has been just as rank. Is the only reason he's being kept in a job because of where we are in the league? I mean, what, of course. Uh, but so, how fine are these margins then? They are so fine. They're so fine, but this is not a this is not a team that's punching above its weight. If if we were, as I said, if we were, let's say Peterborough, no disrespect to Peterborough, but they're probably going down. If we were Peterborough, we're playing awful football, but we're second in the league. Yeah, bloody hell, we don't matter. We're playing with Peterborough. We're second. We have. The, I don't want to think of the wages these players are on. We've got, I mean, I reckon, off the top of my head, but um, the team that got promoted before, obviously, I think Callum Wilson cost us three million, didn't he? Mm. I don't think anyone else was anywhere close to it. I mean, he wouldn't even be close to the player. I mean, we've got, obviously, Lerma, 30 million. I mean, Lewis Cook, Dom Slag, I mean, these players and the wages they must be on is a joke. Well, the wages, I mean, I'd love to see the balance sheet, the the wage sheets this season and this, you know, 24, 14, 15, because there are a lot of comparisons and, People talk about us being on the same amount as points, but like you say, we had League One players that yeah. were brought up by Eddie Howe to become Premier League players. Now it's the it's almost and the opposite way round. We got Premier League stars that most of which have got experience in the Premier League yeah. that are being uh, having the flair trained out of them to be Championship mid-table fodder. But you know, thankfully, due to our mm. our running at the start of the season, our, our um, start of the season, we we are where we are. And that's what I want to want to go to as well everyone keeps going back to we're fortunate at that start of the season and you know Scott did manage to do it at the start of the season we were unbeaten to another that was when he was forced to play Zella Wibson Rossi Gavin Kilkenny Emmy Marcondes there was games where Meppen was at fullback Leif Davis was playing and and also an untried Zamora and Anthony at the time of course yeah and don't get me wrong even though I think he was forced into it you've got to give credit to Scott Parker how he's brought them two through absolutely Absolute they've been yeah. brilliant but um that, that, he wouldn't have played any of them if he had the choice and this is what I mean. When we had a, a less quality side at the start of the season, we were better. We, we were better. 
Um, and he didn't, and now all his stars are back. He ain't given him a chance. I mean, Leibs and Ross is playing for Dundee. Um, and obviously when Keo was playing as well, he was brilliant. Now he's not getting in. So, yes, which makes it even even stranger, to be honest, because I thought we were playing better when we had less quality players on the pitch. So, yeah, a bit odd, a bit odd. But maybe there was that no fear and a bit of a surprise to, to people. But, yeah, I think a lot of people have said, you know, is it the, you know do you put it more down the players? Well, and of these players, I mean, Dom Solanke's scored goals in World Cups for England youth team and, and Lewis Cook's obviously captained them to, to yeah. World Cups. Um, Lewis Cook's done it at this level before for, for Leeds. Um, Jefferson Lerma's done it on the international stage. Ryan Christie's done it on the international stage. And obviously in Europe as well with Celtic. Um, Lloyd Kelly is supposed to be the next big thing. Nat Phillips has done it, as everyone knows, at the San Siro for yeah. Liverpool. Adam Smith's done it consistently in the Premier League. Jack Stacey's even performed all right in the Premier League. Um, I mean, I could probably get Todd Cantwell. We all know what he's done in the past. So I'm sorry, these players have got it. People say, are these players that good? Yes. Because there is evidence there. I've just nailed it off without even thinking. Yeah. There is evidence there. So they they are being stifled. They are being overcoached, in my opinion. Um, but as I say, that's just my opinion. I'm sure you wrote a tweet. I can't find it at this current point in time. But you said something about, you know, what, I'd, I'd rather be playing like League One football or, or something along those lines. I think um, Neil put something like that as well. I don't know if I might have liked it. Yeah, um, the context of that, I, I couldn't quite Yeah, it out, the context, really, I mean, obviously in black and white, I don't want to be in League One. Yeah. We're, you know, I'm just... I'm, and I, I get why people say that's that's mental. That is mental because it's all about, you know, it, yes, the journey's great, but it's all about you've got to get somewhere. Otherwise, what's the point? Um, I think it's just more, uh, as I said earlier, with West Brom's a good, good example in terms of they were a better side with Tony Poulos, but they'd rather just be watching good football. I think I would just, in, as I say again, it's this financial thing, but once that's gone, then I'm always going to be a Bournemouth fan. Yeah. I will always watch Bournemouth. It's very irrelevant to me that what the, where we're playing. I, I don't mind going to Macclesfield over Man City. Don't bother me, mate. Really, don't bother me. Um, as long as the club's in a in a decent position. So, but yeah, I do. And I'm not saying this is right, by the way. If you go to football to watch a team win, any any means possible, get the job done. That's why you go. It's all about winning. Fair play to you, and you should be content right now. But if you go to the football because it's a release from the everyday week and it's to enjoy it. It's to support your local but club. That's not enjoyable. Then you won't be content right now. And I'm one of them fans. That's yeah. what I always have been. Neil Dawson said on a previous show that football's a drug, it's a release. And I said on the vlog at the end, this this bank holiday weekend is only made good by Saturday and Sunday. Mm. I'm, you know, the days that are, you know, the bank holiday days are possibly going to be the worst. Yeah. Friday, I, d- I didn't enjoy. Easter Monday, I'm hoping that they turn up. And yeah... You're right in in some ways, but look, oh, I don't want to mention that e word again, but I'm gonna look. There are there are probably a a fraction of teams that have lots of success, and there are a fraction of teams that are you know a crap week in week out. Most sides in the country are probably like us and have been for years and years yeah. in that they're just mid-table fodder they're not really going anywhere sometimes maybe like one season six or like seven they'll they'll push for playoffs or maybe they yeah. like even will get promoted are we just experiencing football as it probably should be experienced because we we had the time of our lives before yeah we had the time of our lives consistently have we now set the benchmark a little bit too high yeah yeah i i, I get but even still you check out the league table a second. Yeah, it's, of course. And, so... and I totally get your point. I, totally, I think this is only the second season in terms of last season as well yeah. where we've had expectations, really. 
um, that in, in my lifetime, to be honest, proper expectations. You know, when we're in League Two, you think, oh, we could do something, but there's no real expectations. So I get what you're saying, and it seems mental to me. I mean, I used to think I got more chance of winning the lottery than ever seeing Bournemouth in the Championship, yeah. and then I and then it wasn't long before I didn't see us in there anymore because we were in the Premier League. It's <laughs> yeah. absolutely crazy. So for me now to be sat, if you had said to me back then, you're going to be sat there and be a little bit fed up, and you're going to be second in the Championship, I'd have said you are absolutely joking me. Yeah. So I get what you're saying in that degree and but in my opinion it's not entitlement because it's look at that squad that's what i'm saying it's not that i think oh we're bournemouth now we should be a premier league club of course we should i would happily if we remain a stable championship club for the majority of my years i'll be absolutely delighted but it's i'm sorry but when you've got a squad that we've got the funds that have been pumped in the wages that must be getting paid paid to players then that's not entitlement, that's that's realism. Mm. Look at that squad. I mean, you're absolutely joking me. I mean, last season, we a lot of people said, so this is why I get a little bit annoyed, because I think last season, I feel like, yeah, everyone said, and we were a little bit worse. I thought the league was a lot stronger, by the way. Mm. Look at Norwich and Watford. Um, and Brentford, who were staying up in the Premier League, by the yeah. way, who only made the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and last season, people were saying this, and I'd say Dan Juma was a different breed. Absolutely unbelievable Champions League semi-finalist now. So we had him. But apart from that, I actually think we, we definitely had a weaker squad in general. We, if we needed a goal, we were calling on Roro Raquelme, Sam Surridge, um, them sort of people. So I think we've got a better squad um, in general. But yeah, we've people were disappointed then and we're disappointed now because the squad's got better. And I think the, the performances are just as poor. We're very fortunate, as I say, that the league's not great. But yeah, I just I don't think it's a tournament because I think it's because of the wealth of quality we've got. We've, I mean, mate, yesterday... I'm watching it. I'm looking over on the side. I think Gary Cale was warming up as a sub for Bournemouth. Yeah, I know that's that. that he I didn't make the squad the game before. Jack Stacey didn't didn't make the squad last game. Um, I think he would get in. So so on yesterday's, you'd say he he could arguably be our third choice right back. Our third choice right back. He'd get in most teams in this league. Yeah. Most teams in this league. He'd probably be the second choice right back at some Premier League clubs. He's our third choice. He's our third choice. Um, we've we've got an injury to a left back, and we're still going. We don't need to play Davis or Brady. They still can't get in. Stannis has been out like he always is. To be fair to him, for ages, don't really matter. He'd struggle to get on the bench anyway. Some of the players that can't get on our substitutes bench is absolutely crazy. So that's not entitlement to me. That is the wealth we've got, the squad that we've got. We should be we should be better to watch. That, that's simple as that. But as I say, we will probably get it done, mate. And um, there's no way I'm going to come out after promotion and go, I can't celebrate. Yeah, because yeah. of course not. Of course I'll be celebrating and I'll be absolutely buzzing. Yeah. And I'll be thinking, right, wasn't a very good season. Didn't really enjoy watching it. But we got the job done. That's what I wanted at the start of the season. Let's see now, next season. Let's get excited. Let's start afresh and let's see where this project's going. Yeah. Of course I will. I think on forums and on Twitter, I think quite often there will be people that almost bookmark tweets waiting to pounce at, at certain points in time and I, I can see this on the forums even over the weekend I think uh, Neil Dawson posted uh, something uh, the entitled thread and then there was a, a responder saying well you didn't say that six months ago and you didn't say yeah, uh, you know we can one change our minds but we we can also criticize as well whilst being supporters of the side so of course I'm just uh, being objective on what we're watching I think um and as I say, we have tried to counteract when we're chatting now about, you know, I just mentioned about, you know, to be fair, we've got the best out of Zamora and Anthony. We didn't so know. Ne- but, but are we, are we really negative? Because, you know, there's going to be people on Twitter, they're going to be watching this and they're going to be saying, you know, don't bother watching this, lads, because they're just saying the same old shit and, yeah, I know. and being really negative. But 
I can't, you know, I can't lie about how I feel. And look, people, there are some people that think we're almost an unofficial press arm of the club, <laughs> which of course we're not, because we're not. just saying yeah. how we feel. If we were that, then we would be getting criticised for being overly positive. Last and, season, I was, I was dubbed Mister Positive. Yeah, I? So, and like, we would gloss over, uh, you know, performances like that, and be be put in league tables and all that, all these kind of stats on screen to show you how good we are compared to everyone else. But it, it doesn't, it doesn't quite work like that. And, no, and I, I think what I want to you know make clear is I think it's all personal to you as well. What you, I mentioned earlier about the entertainment factor and what you want out of football, mm. and and it is all personal. And no one's right or wrong in my opinion in that sense. Um, in terms of if you think this is this is brilliant because we we're doing what I want us to do and we're going to get promoted, then then fair play to you. And I, I almost wish I was in your camp a little bit. Um, to me personally, I I find footballers like a release a little bit like cheesy. A lot of people say it, but I do, and it's. Yeah, it's my escape, if you like, which I think it is for a lot of supporters. And I just want to sit there and think, oh, all I am, mate, every week is I think, oh, Easter weekend, we've got two games, I can't wait. And then when I sit there and watch that and afterwards I feel a bit drained, I can't then come on here and go, we're doing really well. I, I can't. And, and I think most most people that watch this channel, we, you know, we get a lot of a lot of support, a lot of constructive criticism as well, which is all great. I think most people would say, we just want to hear your opinions. We don't want to hear you lying to try and, you know, kind of be like, let's be all upbeat. We try. Sometimes it's an inconvenience, isn't it, to actually watch the 90 minutes. It's, uh, it's. I wouldn't say an inconvenience, that's a harsh word, but, you know, sometimes the joy is everything outside of the 90 minutes on the pitch, which is, which is a, you know, sad state of affairs. And usually, well, previously, it, it would all come together and it would be the perfect day, but we're having so few of those days, but... yeah. You know, hopefully Easter Monday will be one of them. Let, let's let's just go through the players then. Yeah. Um, and look, we'll we'll go through. And if you want to have a have a chat or do or do a rating, um, I'll also refer to the average score from whoscored.com that use lots of statistical analysis to come up with their mm. scores out of ten as well. So we'll start in goal with uh, with Mark Travers. Yeah, that, that, the, I suppose one of the uh, positives is that he didn't have an awful lot to do. Um, just like their goalkeeper it said said a lot about the game, didn't it? They were both pretty bored, I think. But um, what a crap advert for the championship? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, awful game. I I didn't realise it was being televised because in my head it's it, it was Three a Saturday. O'clock, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but it was Good Friday, so yeah. I didn't realise it was live on Sky. But yeah, he obviously done nothing wrong. He's been unbelievable for us this season. In the last few games, he's he saved us really. He made a decent save, didn't he? But he didn't have an awful lot to do, mate. Um, Mark Travers, so. Yeah, he was no problem at all. Out of ten, just uh, go for a standard seven. You don't have to rate him out of ten. I'll no, give you, yeah, six point six seven. Because I don't because it could be too negative. So yeah, yeah. that's not. That's but he was he was fine. Yeah. Who scored went six point seven. Okay, Ethan Laird at right back. Uh, yeah, difficult one because I, I I want to come out of it and go he was all right. But that's kind of how I feel. He was all right. Um, I looked at some you know stats don't tell you everything. The eye test is part of it as well. And like I said, I thought he did okay. Um, I looked at some stats and he I think he. I can't remember if it was one more or one less. Him and uh, Lloyd Kelly were going to gave away the ball the most yeah. on the pitch. Uh, possession lost or wherever they worded it. Um, I was abs- I've got to be honest with you, absolutely baffled when I saw a comment from... I know Scott, don't get me wrong, I know Scott's got to be like, first start for us. I know what you're going to say. First start for us, thought he'd done well. I'd have been like, he said he was a real threat. Yeah, uh, if that's a real threat from your fullback, oh my God, he didn't create anything. But he wasn't bad. And it was his first game, and you've got to put that into consideration. He hasn't played a lot of football, has he? I thought he was okay. Did I think he was a massive upgrade on a Stacey? Probably not. But he was all right. He was all right. Um, yeah, so he'd be the same as, yeah, he'd probably be like average. Yeah, 6.8 for Ethan Laird. Now, Phillips? Uh, it's a difficult one, because we've, we've kept the door closed in the last two games. Mm. We haven't seen the goal. 
Um, but I think I tweeted that he must have refs on speed dial. Because imagine if, if, ref, if the referees did their job in the last two games, we'd be talking about zero points and two penalties given away by Nat Phillips. So, so it was handball, right? I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. Is that the one where it bounced up? Yeah, and it wasn't on the highlights. Well, I've oh, seen, was it not? I haven't seen it, but I thought it was a penalty. And I, I looked on my phone at the time because obviously people are seeing it with replays and a lot of people are saying, got away with another one there. And obviously the one in the game before where it was Stonewall. Yeah. He looks a bit, I think I might have mentioned it in the last game, maybe if it was after West Brom, you know. He looks too... He looks like a young centre-half that's too eager. So a ball's coming up and he's just going, I want to go and get the ball. You think sometimes you need to stand off your man. I think that's where Carroll in that West Brom game caused him all sorts of problems. Um, I'm not convinced. No. Is he better than Chris Meppham? Um, is he a better defender? Maybe. What I've always said about Chris Meppham. No, because he's a brute. Yeah. I, I think Chris Meppham is always the scapegoat. If, if he was performing like Lloyd Kelly, for example, and that Phillips have been recently, it'd be absolute pelters. Um, and I think people don't realise that when Chris Meppham's playing, we go up the pitch 20 yards. Yeah. He gets the ball and his first thought is get us forward, whereas they're a lot more sideways, in my opinion. Um, he's definitely not better than Gary Cale, by the way. And people said about the wear and tear, I think Cale could get in if he was half fit, mate, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, Nat Phillips, not great, but he, he was part of a clean sheet, I suppose. 6.8 for who scored as well. Uh, Lloyd Kelly. Uh, before, I would caveat whatever Tom says by the fact that he's one of our highest scorers according to who scored with 7.4. That would be because he had a lot of the ball, a lot yeah. of touches. Um, but those touches were quite often passes to, yeah. to Nat Phillips. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the most the most used pass combination of the game was um, Nat Phillips and Lloyd Kelly to yeah. each other, which is not a shock. Um, I want to try... Lloyd's got a lot of stick lately. Um which I think a lot is warranted. I don't think he's been very good um, with his distribution. Um, and he's sometimes he's a bit... Le- and I, yeah, he's not been good. But what I will say is I, I feel there's too much responsibility on the lad, to be honest with you. Um, you've said it to me before, um, and a lot of other people have as well, that he was definitely better with Kale, And maybe that was because, even though he had the armband, he had a leader next yeah. to him, and he's now he's the leader. I think there's too much responsibility because a lot of people talk about, well, you can't blame the defenders that we're not attacking and not playing. Well, I think you can because of the style that we're trying. So it looks like, to me, the way we play, like, like we said, it's not Phillips to Kelly, it's Travis to Kelly. It's going, right, give the ball to Lloyd Kelly. Now he's got to take a touch and start the move. Yeah, yeah. It's his responsibility to get the ball and try and play that pass, to try and set us on our way because of the way we play. We're playing at you at the back. We're trying to knock it along the back. And it's Lloyd Kelly, you're the man that's got to try and set us on our way. Um, you know, attack from, from the back, so to speak. I just don't think he's good enough at that. Um, but I also think it puts a lot of pressure on him. And yesterday, he's playing with a left-back who's right-footed. And so when he's looking up, trying to play, I mean, he knows that Smith needs it there. And it's just, it's just all a bit disjointed. He hasn't been very good, in my opinion. I don't think defensively he was that bad yesterday in terms of recoveries. I keep, I've, I've, I've said a lot of times about the fact that his pace gets him out of trouble. And that's probably why he's our quick defender, isn't he? Uh, his pace does get him out of trouble. But sometimes it... For instance, in the second half, can't remember when it was, but the, there was a ball over the top and he controlled it. And then he took a really heavy touch wide and it, it nearly went out for a throw, but his, yeah. his pace managed to rest. And then I think he just whacked up the pitch. I think the ball went out of play anyway, but yeah, sometimes he, he does the hard bit. Yeah. And then he doesn't do the bit that's you know possibly the easiest. Yeah, I, thought, which one I, I think, yeah, I like I say, I, I think he's been poor lately. I just want to carry out this. is probably... In probably his first, I think it is his first full season as a centre back because he's been moved left back, yeah, centre back, blah, blah, blah. He's also been given the armband, yeah, and he's also been given that responsibility to start. That's a lot of responsibility on a young yeah, lad, I agree, yeah. um, I agree, yeah. and I, I think that's more down to you know is he is he really really ready for that? 
But um, yeah, in my opinion, from what I've seen at the moment as a centre-half, I think he's quite overrated. Okay, okay, fair enough. We'll leave it at that. Um, Adam Smith then uh, left back. It was uh, six point two. One of the one of the lowest scorers. The the other lowest scorer we'll come on to later on, which is surprising. But they, this is all got, this, this is all stat stats. Um, left back, obviously not his favourite position. It rarely is brilliant in that position, and no. um, I think it showed again. Yeah, yeah, he's not, he's not a left back, of course. Um, I mean, Smudge is one of them players you put him anywhere, put a shift in for you, and I think that was kind of why he got the man of the match in the stadium. Um, I think that was because it was you couldn't have given it to anyone, really. No one deserved it. And I think it was, he's gone out of position and grafted. We'll give it to him. And I kind of got that. But he wasn't the best player on the pitch. Um, it'll be interesting on Monday if we go down that route again or we, or we move back to right back. I think the, the options at right back has probably forced his hand a little bit more. He obviously And he obviously trusts Smith more than he maybe trusts a Brady or a Davis. But... I feel for him because he's not going to bomb down the left and, and try and get in front of him. And I was disappointed with him in the second half when he got in, really good positioning from him, got into the back stick, and he looked like he took a touch and just wanted to try and get a pen. Do you remember oh, when yeah. he went down and never uh, and a pen? It, I it, thought you could have done a, more with that. It was a good challenge. It was a good challenge. Oh, he's never a pen. Um, but I, lo- I love Smithy. It's it's not his position. I think he's been, been pretty consistent when he's come in at right back. But yeah, not his position. Felt for him a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's... That's a simple fact of it, mate. I mean, what do you expect from it? I did put it this way, mate. Did you expect Smith to be any better or worse at left-back before the game? I probably didn't. That's how I expected him to perform. Okay, uh, we'll rattle through our three midfielders. Uh, Lewis Cook then scored 7.1 on who scored. I think he he did all right, but just... One of our our better players. One of our better players. It just wasn't quite like Bristol City where he was driving forward and and looking really impressive on the ball. Just... Um, he drove forward in, in spells, but seemingly when he came up against someone, he was, you know, that's a credit to Middlesbrough because I thought they did really well and they were, of course. you know, d- their shape was really, really good when they played us, but uh, Lewis Cook just couldn't seem to make any inroads at all during that. No, game. one of them games, like I say, he was definitely not one of the worst. He um, he always gives his all, makes some good blocks, tries to get things going, but it just probably didn't quite happen for him. Like you said, he didn't drive on as much and he just didn't dictate the game as much as he has done recently and maybe that's a bit of a credit to and him. Because they got of... some experience in that midfield. And because of the relative inexperience in terms of combinations on the left-hand side, you noticed that his average position was... Virtually looked like he was nearly a left midfield. Was getting pulled yeah. out of position, wasn't he? He was... We were overloading that that left side because of the... You know, like you say, they're not, none of them are natural. Say, say none of the natural Campbell's played there before. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's not, but it, made, it was quite narrow. And Lewis was going over to that left side. I don't know if that was an instruction. He was trying to help out a little bit. He was trying to help out a lot. Binning always does that naturally anyway. But Cook was going over that left side so much. And what it ended up doing was giving Lerma a massive space to try and do on his own, really. Because Lewis Cook, Phil Billing were all coming over to that left-hand side to try and give us a little bit. And Dom as well yeah. was going over to that left-hand side. If you look at any sort of average positions, heat maps and stuff, they're all shifting over to that left-hand yeah. side to try and help. But um, yeah, Lewis grafted like he always does, mate. And I, I, I'm really pleased with how he's come on this second part of the season because of the injuries he's had in the past. But just was one of them games for him. Our best chance of the day was uh, Jeff Lowe. hit the bar. 6.9 according to who scored. And uh, honestly, I thought that was the moment. I thought I, I did think throughout the game the moment would come at some point. Of course. And you know, like the second half, it felt like it was building towards something. And yeah. you know, maybe maybe that was the pinnacle of the game, him hitting the bar. But uh, yeah, uh, he did his job, didn't he? Yeah, and I'm, I'm, mate, I'm, I'm convinced we should be better from corners in the sense that Lerma, if you think about it, I mean, I remember he scored against Chelsea, actually, from a header from a corner. Yeah. He wins virtually all of his headers, in my opinion. Mm. So does Nat Phillips. Yeah. They're both coming up for corners. Mm. Why are we not? 
I think I said the other week, oh, I fancy Philip score header soon because them two are lethal in the air. And that was a brilliant header, the way he just he just come onto it and yeah. it was it was unlucky. But he was below par. Uh, I think he gave the ball away more than I, I've seen him do before. Oh, okay. A few of his like long passes out wide just didn't come off. He overplayed a few, few weak touches. So yeah, a little bit below par for me. It wasn't horrendous, but um and again, always grafts and does his job and I feel like we, as I as I just mentioned, we're trying to help out that left side, and we you can kind of do that because Lerma, you know, it'll, it'll do enough on that right yeah. side. But um, yeah, below par. Phil Bill got a six point five, and a booking as well to boot. I, I wasn't really impressed by how he played, but one thing I, you know, Scott Parker did substitute him, which Does was something. If he's substituting Phil Bill, and he's had a bad game because yeah. Scott Scott relies on it'll on keep Phil. He'll keep him on. And I've always tried to. Uh, back Scott in the sense that a lot of people he's been one of the ones recently are going how's he playing again and I've always kind of tried to look at it and go well there must be a reason and I think out of all the players that can play in that position Campwell Mark Ondes, Christie you could argue could play in that position he's the one that gets closest to Dom normally yeah. so that's that's my main thought and he's probably the one that's got the most eye for goal maybe but of late he's not been on it he's, he's very laboured um, I don't really I'm starting to forget what Billing gives to the team. Now he's not scoring. Uh, Tig said that. He said, uh, to Kirk, I think. I, I forgot right. what he's good at. Yeah, that, that's how I feel a little bit with Billing. And to be fair, at the start of the season, I thought that was Lewis Cook. And now we're seeing it in his right position. We're seeing it. Because I don't see him getting as close to Dom as he was previously. Yeah. He's not getting the goals. Um, he's, we all joke about he's not great in the air, even though he's a tree. Um, he's not great in the tackle. He's not as good in the press as he was at the start of the season mm. so yeah I'm not really sure what, what he's what he's bringing at the moment I sometimes feel like we could play the same team that adopts the same tactics week in week out and we would see so many varied performances from players like Phil Bill yeah, a lot of like each and every time even though mm. you know sometimes you can put it down to how how well drilled the opposition are etc but sometimes yeah. I just feel as though mm. individually it's a confidence thing but yeah. I think the midfield three yesterday I will, I will say I think um Housing in there for, for Borough, a very experienced player. Matt Crooks is a, is a player you've got to be wary yeah, of. Yeah. And I think just to try and, you know, we did play in opposition. So let's say, and I think that midfield three are, are, are quite a dogged one. So it didn't surprise me that our midfield three struggled to have a lot of joy. And that's why I felt like yesterday we should have looked at more width and yeah. trying to get them in them areas. They play wingbacks like to bomb on as our Jones. And I thought we could have maybe given them more to worry about. Todd Cantwell on the left-hand side scored 6.7. I thought it wasn't too too great really and yeah. it, it, it felt like he was um, it, it felt like he came deep at times to try to pick up the ball and try to be more effective and it's clear that, that well for us at least at that position isn't probably his best yeah I think it's a difficult one would he if he was playing there and Zamura was behind him and Zamura was making overlaps I think there's a difference it frees him up a little bit doesn't it it frees him up then he comes in but they don't know what to do because Zamura's going down that yeah, side decoys and all whereas that. Smith's doing exactly the same as him yeah. so they've got nothing to worry about I think I think Todd doesn't look right. I think there's a reason why. Yeah, Norwich are in a relegation scrap and they've just let him go on loan. It says a lot. He's clearly a talented footballer. I think the problem with the whole team, and he was he was one of them, he's a player that wants to go and get the ball. He, he don't want to go in behind. He doesn't want... It was the perfect game, in my opinion, especially with Smith at left-back, to have width in front. Yeah. And you've got Anthony or Dembele. Yeah. Um, and we went with, with Todd, which was a little bit uh, surprising. Clearly a good footballer. He didn't actually lose the ball too many times. He tried to do the right things. But, yeah, the combination with Smith didn't help him either. I, we might see uh, this season, maybe if Samura's back, I would like to see Zamura Cantwell, just to see if they'll... Because I feel it was a little bit harsh on, on, on Todd yesterday. He was always going to struggle, in my opinion, and they dealt with him well. So, yeah, not good. Ryan Christie? I, I probably say this a lot. He tries so hard. Yeah. And you can't not... 
like him because he just grafts and he's getting the ball. He's trying to create something. Don't shoot, though. Why can't he shoot? But the problem is, I think, if he could shoot, he'd be playing in the top ten of the Premier League because he is a hell of a footballer. Um, And I still look at it. We just said about Todd and Bill in there. Could Christie go in that role and go a real width and pace out wide, say Dembele and Anthony? What, and, and play Christie in the 10 yeah. or 8, whatever you want. I feel like he's got that. I don't know what people think. But yeah, I I wanted... He tried to, but I wanted Laird to give us a bit more beyond because Christie loves to come inside. So, same with Campbell, like we said. He likes to go and get the ball rather yeah. than go and running behind. Nothing. He didn't do anything to note, unfortunately, but he always grafts. Dom Slanky was one of the lower scorers, but uh, according to the stats, but uh, I mean, he will be when he's on his own. Yeah, well, exactly. He didn't. He didn't have any help. He was a. He was. He tried yesterday. Yeah, yeah. He, he hadn't been good in the last three, but there's a reason for that. He's on his own. He's getting the ball back to goal, and then you just basically going right, Dom. You get the ball, beat a man, beat another man, and then just smash one in. That's what we're hoping for him to do. We're not giving him any service, really, are we at all? Was he had really a chance in the last few? Yeah. Not really. There was ones he could have maybe hit a bit earlier, but. And quite happen for him. I'd like to see him maybe try and make them runs in behind a little bit more. Mm. Um, I think there was times at the start of the season where there was that, like, say, Kelly ball in behind and he was trying to get in behind a little bit more. Yeah. And it's, it's too much on trying to get the ball. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's you keep him on the pitch, he's always a threat, isn't he? Yeah. And uh, also Dembele, Lowe and Anthony came on, but look, we'll, um, we'll worry about them. For Lowe, I thought Lowe always, when Lowe comes on the pitch, you always think, there's a player that can score. Yeah, he had a header really bad with the header. He, he should have done better with that. Really. He should have. But he's just got that. I think we said before the game. Look at that team with Billing not being on it at the moment, goal scoring wise. Apart from Don, where are the goals? Campbell's never scored for us. Christie never scores. Cook doesn't score. Lerma done. So there's no goals. And at least with Low, you think, well, you never know. Yeah. You never know. He's got goals at this level and for us. So um, yeah, I always like it when we chuck Low on. But yeah, like I say, it was a poor header and he didn't didn't really get the opportunities. So there we go. That wraps up another week in the world of AFC Bournemouth. Nil-nil on Saturday, nil-nil on Friday. Can we turn it around? We're back next week with episode 157. And hopefully, well, it's going to be a big week for us. We're up against Coventry City, who are doing very well under Mark Robbins. But then on Saturday, which is the 23rd, we see the arrival of Fulham. And that itself could be a mouth-watering clash depending on how results go between now and then who knows they could even win the title in front of us Ugh, we really don't want that to happen scott parker probably doesn't as well i'm guessing but until then have a good one i'll see you soon this has been back of the net the afc bournemouth podcast Maybe on Walker. Pew. Pew! That'll do it! That will do it! Pew for Bournemouth! The roof of the Gold Sands is raised! Everyone here knows what that could mean to this football club.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.